Blog Talk Radio. Most people say they hate wearing shoes and would go barefoot if they knew they were allowed. People say it all the time on their social medias, but they are worried that someone will say something to them. So everyone wears the cheapest flip-flops with the least amount of fabric on them. Most people do not even know that it's completely 100% legal to go barefoot into a store. Most people think that driving barefoot is illegal but it isn't. Driving barefoot actually is safer than wearing most shoes. Going outside barefoot for a walk is one of the healthiest things you could do, but most people are afraid someone will say so. Or they quote the myths and the rumors that their grandma told them years ago. The fact is, there are no laws against driving a car, going to a store, or eating in a restaurant barefoot. So don't give in to bad fashion, hurt heels, or a broken flip-flop. For more information, please check out barefootislegal.org or find us on your favorite social media. Food waste is one of the most easily solvable problems, literally the low-hanging fruit of environmentalism. Pardon the pun, it's my job. About 20% of all produce never makes it off the farm. It's because they just look a little funny, a little weird, but when you cut into it, it's perfectly good food. It's just a total shame. It's totally good stuff. We buy ugly produce directly from farms that often would go to waste because supermarkets won't buy it because of how it looks, and we deliver it to people's doors. This isn't that ugly at all. Like, that's the most common first box, like, complaint we get. We change that. We educate people. We show them how amazing these fruits and vegetables are. Have food delivered to your house. Box of produce every week. And it's more affordable. At a very reasonable price. Cheaper than the grocery store. I spend a lot less time in grocery stores. It's an adventure every time that you open your box. High quality produce. There's nothing wrong with the produce. And they taste exactly the same, if not better. Save those fruits and vegetables that get wasted every year. And it's delivered to your door, like, but what you why wouldn't you do? Why wouldn't you do? Please go to our website, freedomizerradio.live, and sign up for Imperfect Foods today. Use our promo code and get money off your first order. Go ahead and get some organic and all-natural meats, dairy, snacks, breads, and non-GMO produce. Of all the grounding studies, the one that really got our attention is called Electric Grounding Improves Vagal Tone in Preterm Infants. In the study, 26 premature babies in an NICU were connected to grounding wires. The heart rates of the grounded infants stabilized, and their vagal tone, a critical measure of infant health, increased by 67% with grounding. The information is provided for general informational purposes only. The contents are not intended or implied to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Ground Therapy Incorporated makes no representations about the efficiency, appropriateness, or suitability of any specific tests, procedures, treatments, services, opinions, healthcare providers, or other information that may be contained in or available through the information provided. Hello, everyone. I want to introduce you 
to our friends at marty.com. At Marty, you can stock up on all your pantry items and other household items for way, way cheaper than traditional grocery stores. I like that most of the items are organic. Also, I really dig their one-cent deal of the day. It changes every single day. I recently snagged a 10-ounce bag of dog treats for Chewbacca for a penny. Normally, they sell on their site for $7.99. With the upcoming food shortages, this is my favorite place to stock up on canned goods. If you live in the mountain or Pacific time zones, you need to get with Marty.com. M-A-R-T-I-E.com. Look for our link on our FreedomizerRadio.com website and get a $10 free just because I told you to go there. Marty.com. Great deals, good feels. Hello, folks. We are here with Barefoot is Legal Radio. Barefoot is Legal is a 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to the rights and legalities of living the barefoot lifestyle, as well as education, advocation, awareness, and just general support and community regarding barefooting. Um, Barefooting is legal in the U.S. Unfortunately, most people in the general public do not realize this. They don't realize that there are no laws against barefooting in the United States in public spaces. Places that are open to the public are places where you don't have to pay any membership fee but are open for the public to go and that includes stores and corporate you know going into you know a corporation even you know if you're going into like Walmart or Target or something like that it is illegal for them to have a policy against barefooting and it is illegal for them to tell you that you cannot barefoot in their store and i understand that some people genuinely may have like your safety and concern in mind, um, but I remember to you know to stand up for yourself, um, especially you know when people are um, and, well, and not even just standing up for yourself, but also um, spreading that awareness and knowledge. But it's especially important to stand up for ourselves when people are you know intentionally trying to be discriminatory. And even if they're not intentionally trying to, but they're being aggressive. You know, I've had all kinds of different experiences in regards to my barefooting in small businesses um, and large stores, supermarkets. Um, And I think it's important to keep in mind that regardless of the opinion of these people, you know, it is still your protected right to barefoot and we have to stand up for that protected right. People barefoot for religious reasons or spiritual reasons. People barefoot for their mental health. People barefoot for their medical, physical health. But remember, mental health is also medical health. Um, Spiritual health is also included in that, Um, you know, with those Oh, I already said spiritual and religion. Sorry. Um, what was the other thing I was missing? Oh, yeah, culture. Culture is another reason why people barefoot. For some reason, I thought I already said that. Um, and there's so many different types of cultures that have their roots in barefooting, even if it's not something that is still practiced um, daily within their mainstream culture. Most 
cultures, in pretty much all, have some kind of connection to, you know, barefooting or grounding. And that can even be with shoes. We have to keep in mind that until around the 1960s and increasingly since then, you know, we have been using um, rubber soles. But until the 1960s, you know, there were a lot of people that barefooted. And some of this did have to do with poverty um, as well. But even when people wore shoes in different, across different cultures, they wore shoes made of plant or and or animal material, which doesn't stop the flow of electrons um, from our body. And, you know, we've talked about how this is actually really important for grounding and earthing. This is one of the most important components of grounding and earthing is the electromagnetic fields and the releasing of the excessive electrical energy and the free radicals um, in our body to the earth. All electrical, you know, devices, well, you know, obviously, like, you know, like our phones aren't always grounded, but, you know, when you plug them in the wall to charge them, you know, wherever you're charging them, that electrical system is grounded to the earth. Electrical systems are grounded to the earth in order to be safe. Um, that's why, you know, you see those lines, those metal things with the tubes around them, Um if you, I mean, if you touch them, it's not going to hurt you. The metal, or the not metal tube, but the plastic, like yellow tubes or whatever color they may be. I don't know. They may be other colors in other places. They're really meant to um, show you that it's there, so that way it doesn't get knocked down. Um, but from my knowledge, understanding, like, yeah, it, like if you bump into it, though, it's not actually going to hurt you. Like I've seen them in very public spaces. Um, but knocking them over will do then damage to the electrical system as it will not be grounded to the earth if damage is done to that. Um, and, and obviously this is a lot more complex than I even have the knowledge around. I'm not an electrician. Um, I know people who are electricians um, or parents who are electricians, but I personally do not have much knowledge around that. But in general, you know, hospitals, homes, apartment buildings, those things are grounded. The electrical systems are grounded to the earth. And there is research out there that shows that the, the jump, the increase um, of chronic health issues and diseases and other mental health conditions has gone alongside our disconnection from nature through modernization. And there's nothing against modernizing and advancing technology, but if it is not rooted in taking the natural ecosystem and remembering that us as humans are naturally a part of ecosystems and not listening to our natural bodies and also, you know, not respecting and caring for the environment and not keeping community and community needs in mind, then advancement modernization isn't sustainable. I mean, and, and that can be seen all around us with, you know, different climate disasters and um, different climate change. And it's, yeah, although there is, you know, an overall global warming, climate change isn't just, oh, it's hot. Um, I actually did a, re- a research paper on this when I was in high school taking um, a college credit English class. I remember we had to write a 10 to 12 page paper on, you know, research topic of our choosing, I chose climate change. And I don't actually know if I have a copy of it. Um, I think I do, but I'd have to find it. Um, but in that, we 
or within that um, project that we did, you know, I researched climate change and a lot of areas that are going, um, aren't going to see climate change and, you know, heat waves necessarily, but there are a lot, a lot of areas that are going to see it in heavy rainfall and downpour. It's not just going to be a, like heat waves in the sense of deserts and like droughts and wildfires. Now, although those are very serious issues affecting multiple areas throughout this country, um, a lot of areas that already get heavy rainfalls um, are actually anticipated to get more. And that's actually something that we've seen, you know, where I'm from, like, there is, you know, but um, I think it's really important to keep in mind that, you know, modern advancement or disconnection of nature has endangered our planet and it has negatively impacted human health. It has negatively impacted communities. Um, And so it's really important to remember that in order for something to be truly sustainable in advancement, it has to also value the ecosystem and community and human health. And unfortunately, a lot of modernization and a lot of advancements that we've seen have not really taken into consideration those three key things, community, ecosystem, and human health. And I think that that can definitely be connected to a lot of the problems that, you know, we're seeing. And so it's really important to remember that, you know, we are a part of the ecosystem. We've always been a part of our ecosystems. And although, you know, people have, you know, migrated and whether some forcibly, um, others by choice, um, you know, throughout human history, you know, although you may not be in where the ecosystem you're ancestors were in, that doesn't mean that you are any less a part of nature or any less a part of the ecosystem around you. And we all should be taking care of nature and our ecosystem and understanding that, like, we really aren't separate, you know, and I think, and you don't have to be a nature person to be a barefooter. Um, You don't have to be a barefooter to be a nature person, you know, it's, this is not, you know, necessarily a one size fits all, but I do think it is important to remember that, you know, increasingly since the 1960s, you know, people have started wearing shoes that have rubber soles and this stops the flow of electrons. And there is a lot of research showing that excessive electrical energy in the body is connected to different chronic illnesses, diseases, and conditions, but also that there, this connection also has a lot to do with the symptoms. Grounding studies, earthing studies have shown that people with different chronic conditions, whether that be heart conditions, arthritis, chronic pain, um, or muscular skeletal issues, um, other and issues with inflammation, being grounded to the earth does improve symptoms regarding chronic pain, insomnia, mobility, and just overall well-being and mental health. You know, when, because, you know, although, uh, you know, physical health and mental health are separated, you know, in, in a way, they're not, although, like what I'm trying to say is, although they're their own aspects of health, they're not fully separated. You know, we are complex organisms and we have you know, physiological things happening and the physiological 
aspects of human health really come into play with the psychological mental health and the physical health through our central nervous systems. And if there are, if you have an autoimmune condition or something and there's some kind of attack to your central nervous system, this can impact, you know, your mental health. Just like conditions like ADHD and autism and other conditions that impact the central nervous system um, and are tied into the central nervous system can also be linked to core, uh, comorbidities um, or co-occurring um, conditions that have to do with chronic pain. Um, sensory issues regarding like overstimulation or just overstimulation in general registers the pain centers in autistic and ADHD brains. Um, and, you know, even for myself as an ADHD autistic person, um, you know, this is connected to my fibromyalgia. And, and in general, people with ADHD and or autism are more likely to have, you know, hypermobile hypermobility joint syndrome and things like that. And so even if they aren't causing each other, there are also linkages of health with different conditions um, that often occur together. And although, you know, earthing and grounding is not going to heal you overnight, it's not going to magically fix you, it can help alleviate a lot of your symptoms. It can help cope with a lot of your symptoms. And it can also um, help decrease chronic pain, inflammation, and just improve mental health as well as just reducing any stressors to the central nervous system while also boosting positive um, aspects of the central nervous system. Um, barefooting has been connected to stress reduction even. Um, so it, it is important to keep in mind that like this isn't a magical cure you know, it's something that takes time and improvement, but I feel like over time, as somebody who's been, um, you know, barefooting since 2020, and it's now 2023, I feel like despite my disability issues um, physically, and also with my autism and ADHD and PTSD, like I feel that my um, overall mobility has gotten better because of barefooting and I feel like the times when I am actually able to barefoot and ground um, the most like that is when I'm better physically um, and you know but it's important to keep in mind that health whether that be physical mental health or the you know the overlap of both um, or any other aspect of health you know that you may think of these things are complex and, you know, there's going to be ups and downs. There's going to be cycles of flare-ups and cycles of doing better depending on your condition, depending on the person. And so although there are times where it feels like barefooting isn't really doing that much, it's not doing enough for me because of the flare-ups that I'm having for other reasons or other things going on with my life, um, stress, my health, whatever, you know, although you can still have those times where it's like, oh, I need something else, putting on shoes is going to detrimentally set me back. It's going to be overstimulate me. It's going to affect um, just my general ability to walk, the mo my mobility, my control over my body. Um, for me, as somebody who has, you know, hypermobile joints and also scoliosis and osteoarthritis, like my bones shift a lot. 
And because of that, like my shoes would always get messed up when I used to wear shoes, especially because I had to at school. And, you know, even going to the chiropractor, it was like, because my shoes are messed up, even just like by the time I get home, I, and also because of the hypermobile joints, you know, I would find myself back to where I started before. But at the same time, like if there are, you know, if I have any adjustments, um, that are made, it's easier to keep those when barefooting because my body is able to move naturally in the way it needs to. My muscles have more control, but also a lot of shoes really constrict our feet, you know, our, and, you know, people want to point out, oh yeah, but when you barefoot, like your feet get wider and people can have problems with that for aesthetic reasons. But then people also try to bring in like medical things. And yes, there are um, medical conditions that are going to keep a person from barefooting. If you have, you know, neuropathy um, in your feet, like you're not going to be able to barefoot. And so, but those are other aspects of health. If you are somebody that's barefooting, yes, your feet and over time your feet are probably going to widen, but that's because your muscles are, you know, they're they're also strengthening and so that's going to be part of it, but your muscles are also expanding to how they should be naturally. Um, The way that shoes are designed often are very maladaptive to the feet. and like, like foot binding was, is, is, you know, is a thing like that. Um, um, sorry, my brain is having time with words right now. But although this is something like I want to talk much on, a similar process with foot binding, which shows, um, and I don't want to like get descriptive. If you're interested in it, you can find pictures. It's some of it's kind of gross depending on the person that's you know viewing it how they may feel about it and what you're able to handle but you want to look into it like there are pictures out there of what people's feet look like and this actually shows how adaptive feet are but in a more maladaptive way um but the same process actually kind of happens within shoes especially people that are wearing shoes that are too small for their feet though this can cause your feet and the muscles to condense and be kind of squished um and so if you are barefooting like you know your feet probably your feet really over time, they're going to adapt and, you know, develop to the natural strengthening, the natural free mobility that they're now having through barefooting. Um, but, you know, if your feet are widening, that's not a bad thing. It's actually um, a really good thing for stability and support and um, muscle movement and, you know, muscle stability. Um this isn't a bad thing, and unfortunately, people often look at it like a bad thing um, because of just aesthetic ideas and perfectionistic ideas that we have been kind of just force-fed in our media. You know, it seems like anywhere you go, there's um, – and I will say, especially for women with beauty standards, but, you know, that men can also be affected by this as well as other – um, people that identify with other um, gender identities, um, you know, this, but, you know, there's all these very high expectations and there's a lot of ridiculousness, you know, on how we should look that is so completely against nature. And I, and, and this isn't to any disdain or any negativity towards people that get cosmetic surgeries or procedures you do you it's your own body your body your choice um i'm a firm believer of that with pretty much everything so 
you do you. I have nothing against you at all. (laughs) You know, like you do what makes you happy, do what makes you feel good. Just, you know, making sure that you're going through safe channels of getting these um, is what's really important. Um, Because if you're not going through the proper safe channels, then a lot of medical issues can arise with cosmetic surgeries. If you're not going to someone who is, you know, some kind of licensed professional in this area. Um, But it's just really silly how, I mean, it's more than silly. It's destructive, but when I try to remove myself from like that pain and like expectation, it's really silly that so many things down to even our feet, we have been sold these ideas of aesthetic perfection that we're supposed to live up to that aren't natural and do not help us or our bodies or our minds. Um, And so I think it's really important to remember that like your feet are going to widen naturally. I am somebody who naturally like does have small feet, but even I've noticed, you know, my feet widening, but also I do have, you know, muscle issues and tightness. So I'll even see fluctuations um, within, you know, the width of my feet, depending on how tight the muscles are naturally. And that doesn't, you know, and I, I really can't even tell you the last time I put a pair of shoes on. Um, other than maybe like, and even to put on flip flops for sensory reasons, walking over wet grass, it's been a while since I've done that um, this summer. So I can't even think about how long it's been, but even for me, like if it's a sensory thing, like I'll just have flip flops that I put on for, however long it takes me to walk across one patch of grass if I'm having sensory issues and then I just slip them off because good riddance, you know, I don't need them anymore. I, you know, I, you know, for me, like, and so if you're somebody that has sensory issues, like you can, you know, there are ways of understanding your barefooting and understanding your sensory needs and how you can kind of balance both Um, because things are not a one size fits all and sensory needs are very complicated. You know, I can't wear, my shoes for sensory reasons, but sometimes I can't walk across my grass for sensory reasons, you know? Um, But here at Barefoot is Legal, you know, we're here to give, you know, support and, you know, validation and education. And, you know, so there are so many different, I sorry, just keep in mind that there's so many different ways of being a barefooter. There's so many different ways of existing and, um, yeah, it's just, I, I don't know. I, I've, I've seen a lot of people, even people who are barefooters, that as they get to a certain point in their journey, this is not very many, and it's actually no one that I've seen in the Barefoot is Legal community on Facebook or in the Barefoot is Legal community, like, specifically, like, involved. Um, but it's actually just, like, more of, like, random posts online that I've seen where some people or followers um, or mutual followers that I've had where, you know, I follow them, they follow me. Um, and I didn't even know they barefooted until later. And I, but I've seen some talk about like, you know, their fears are like, Oh, I got to stop barefooting because it'll widen your feet and it's bad. And like, but that's not a bad thing. And that's not a dangerous thing. It's not a safe thing. It is actually connected to stability, um, better muscle control, better mobility, um, better just support of the muscular system and the skeletal system, even as it is supported by the muscular system. Um, so this isn't a bad thing. Um, and I just, I, I hope to see a world where we are no longer being 
plagued by harmful, ridiculous beauty standards that even something as trivial as someone's feet, and I get it, it may not be trivial to do, and your insecurities are totally valid and entirely, like, um, this isn't to hurt people who are actually, you know, like, insecure, this is not an attack at all, but to remember that this is a societal thing, this is a societal idea and standard that has been pushed on us, like many societal ideals and standards, it's not something that is actually bad or negative. You know, barefooting itself is not something that's bad and negative, but it's something that we're, you know, often shamed, you know, in society for, you, you know, small children, you know, being, you know, forced to put shoes on, even to play outside in environments where it's not dangerous. And, you know, I used to be told, like, oh, my gosh, you're always wearing, you're not wearing shoes. And, you know, people always want to make comments, but it's like, it, this isn't something that's inherently dangerous. This is something that is hurting you. This is actually something that's positive for your health as a human. Um, and it's really important for us to develop a relationship with nature um, and understand our in that. And I think that through harmful modernization that has not been rooted in ecosystem, community, or human health, um, has really just tried to shame a lot of people for living natural lifestyles, for living that barefoot lifestyle that really genuinely helps so many people. Barefooting is an accommodation for many different chronic illnesses, diseases, and conditions. Um, and that also includes mental health and neurodivergency. So I think it's really important to remember that, you know, these fears, these projections, these aesthetic, idealistic BS, you know, we shouldn't let them define us um, and let other people's opinions define us and instead look at our own. And But if you are somebody that has insecurities, like genuinely, because sometimes, you know, there are things where people can say and it can just be annoying and can get under our skin. But then there are other things that people say that can really trigger our insecurities. And if you are somebody that is genuinely insecure about that, you know, I, I encourage you to kind of try to unravel that, you know, unravel the origin, the understanding of why you have this insecurity. Is it something that is, rooted in body dysmorphia or the way that you personally perceive and feel about yourself as a person, or is it something that was rooted in someone else's ideals and expectations that they harmfully projected onto you, whether they meant to or not? And, and regardless of what that is, like it does take time to work through these things. Um, and you, you, you know, and it, it can, and there can be a lot of, you know, unfortunately there can be shame around barefooting that occurs because of so many different harmful ideas about it being gross and unsafe or, oh, people barefoot must be homeless. I got one of those recently where I went into a place and I didn't, again, me being autistic, didn't realize that they thought I was homeless until after I left. Um, and, um, well, also, too, because right before I left, this woman gave me a number and inf contact information for a shelter. And I was so confused. I, the whole time, like, I lied. People were being kind of weird or whatever. Like, I was just so confused. Like, I just didn't understand. I didn't, you know, social cues, 
did not compute there in this little autismo brain. Um, but then later it was like, oh, and then I, and then I got kind of frustrated. Kind of, and then later I kind of got a little mad, you know, cause, and not like mad at them, but just mad about the stigmatization that if you go into public barefoot and for me as somebody who is a cane user, people apparently think that thought that I was homeless and that was frustrating but my frustration isn't with the people they meant well they genuinely did now if I wasn't autistic and then shut down when she gave me the piece of paper and I had my sunglasses on so she didn't really see my face fully I was like thank god for that or oh but you know um <laughs> like if but I wasn't I was sorry but I wasn't mad with the people I, who, you know, were just trying to be helpful. Um, I wasn't mad with this woman at all. I was mad about the fact that there is a stigma still to this day that if you are barefoot, then you must be homeless. Um, and, yeah. But, and, that's, that's a, like, and that's a hard thing to unpack, um, unfortunately, because, so many people have these different perceptions of barefooting that have been ingrained long before I was even born, long before a bunch of you were probably even born, even if you're older than me. Um, you know, the no shirt, no shoes, no service signs, they, you know, date back to the 50s and 60s, if not earlier, if I'm mistaken. Um and they were always illegal, and they were a way to discriminate against Indigenous people, Black people, and poor people, and hippies, spiritualists, um, or anybody else that barefooted for spiritual or cultural reasons or because of financial reasons of not being able to afford shoes or because of their personal choice. This was, you know, rooted in racism and classism, and it's really important to understand that Although our society has evolved in a lot of ways, and although there is a, a lot more awareness regarding things, um, these attitudes are still ingrained within our society and are still ingrained within a lot of people's mindsets. Unfortunately, people can also have the perceptions that people are on drugs. Well, I'm here to tell you that that is a harmful, harmful, discriminatory assumption to make. Um, assuming if someone is homeless because they're barefoot is also a harmful, discriminatory um, perception to have. And, like, so I just remind people, there are no laws or health codes against barefooting in the United States. It is completely legal for you to go into a place that is open to the public barefoot, and that is any place that does not require private membership. So that includes stores like Walmart, Target, um, going to a fast food place, even small businesses. Um, and I know that with the Supreme Court's decision um, regarding um, discrimination of queer couples um, has kind of opened the gateway of a lot of more people trying to push what they can discriminate on as small business owners. Um, so it's really important for us to push back. You know, we can't wait until they come for barefooting rights and body autonomy. And they've already come for body autonomy. We've already seen that. Um, 
you know, and so but we can't wait further. You know, we have to stand up for these microaggressions and the discrimination that is happening in front of us. Now, looking back, and, and it can be hard because sometimes, too, for me as an autistic person, like, until I leave a place and fully process, like, I don't actually know what happened. Even when she handed me this slip of paper when I was getting my food, I was, like, I was so confused. Like, I, my brain just didn't process it because I was, even with my, um, even with trying to accommodate for my sensory issues with uh, wearing these loop things that I got recently um, that go into your ear and reduce the decibels. Um, and even with wearing sunglasses inside, like, even though I was doing these things to, and also being barefoot, you know, doing these things to accommodate for my sensory issues, you know, I still was overstimulated and didn't fully process what was going on. And so that can make it a little bit trickier. Now, if somebody is being aggressive or outright, you know, mentioning my barefooting or being like, oh, you can't do that here, you know, it's a lot easier for me to be like, okay, this is something I got to respond to, this is something I got to say, but, you know, and you know, so we do have to, you know, stand up for ourselves, of course, but also understand that not everybody that is being ignorant, I guess would be the word for it, is hateful or harmful intentionally. Um, or I guess what I'm trying to say is they may not be hateful, but intentionally, sorry, but they can still be harmful um, without intentionally meaning to do so. Sorry, words are a little bit hard right now. <laughs> but I think it's really important for us, you know, as barefooters to just stand up for ourselves and show that we exist and not be discouraged by these things. You know, instead of looking at them as like, okay, well, I need to do this more. I need to talk about it more. I need to advocate for it more. How can I do that? Where can I do that? You know, um, and finding those ways. And, but it could be as simple as people bringing up a conversation to you about, you know, like, and although it may not seem like bringing up a conversation when they say, hey, you can't be in here barefooting. Well, but they, what they really did was initiate that conversation of barefooting. So take that opportunity to be like, actually, there are no laws or health codes against barefooting in the United States. Um, and it's actually illegal for you to have a store policy against barefooting. It's actually illegal for you to tell me I can't be in here barefoot um, because barefooting is a protected right. And if you also, you know, feel the need to add, if you're somebody with a disability, um, whether that be a mental disability, cognitive disability, or a, like, physical disability, um, you know, just be, you can even be like, well, I barefoot to accommodate for my disability. Um, and you don't have to give them any details because them asking and pushing on what your disability is actually does violate HIPAA and does violate your protected rights regarding medical um, protections and also medical um, accommodations. Um, and barefooting is a protected medical accommodation. Um, so if you, you know, want to be recognized that you like, I barefoot for my disability, you know, but, and if they try to push or ask further questions, you can tell them, um, you asking that question is actually illegal. I don't think that you really want to proceed the conversation from here because if necessary, I can and will take legal action. If you want to say that, um, and you don't have to say will, but you could say I legally, if you push this any further, I can take legal action, you know, and that's not a threat. If anything, that is setting a boundary of this is my right. You're not going to push me any further. And I do not have to tell you what my medical conditions are if I don't want to, you know, and um, but even whether, even for neurodivergency, you know, if you want to bring it up, you know, to help advocate for, hey, 
I'm barefoot because of a specific accommodation or a not so specific accommodation, like just saying a disability, you know, you can also do that. And that can be a simple way to like advocate within your personal life and personal conversations if you're comfortable doing so, or you can just leave it at, there are no laws or health codes against barefooting in the United States. Therefore, I'm not breaking any laws. And if anything, you're actually infringing upon my rights and infringing upon the law by, by telling me I can't be in here barefoot, you know. So, but some people, they mean it um, out of kindness and, like, compassion. Like, I've had people that, like this, you know, and I talked about this. I don't know if it was last week or not, um, but I had, you know, an experience um, where an employee, you know, was like, oh, if I were you, I wouldn't barefoot in here. And I was like, well, actually, there are no laws or health codes against it, you know, and I do. And, and, and then they were just like, oh, well, I just like people drop stuff all the time in here. Like, you know, it, sometimes it can be, you know, like dangerous, which also to me is kind of like, okay, I would speak to your higher ups than it, you know, about that. But then again, I understand that workers, especially with, you know, like look at all the strikes we're having in so many different industries that are very well needed. Um, you know, workers, there's not much they can do to improve safety often if the people above them are not listening. But they were like, oh, well, I wear steel-toed boots in here um, to work because, like, you know, just with, you know, dropping stock stuff and whatnot else. So, like, not only are they, you know, wearing shoes, but they're wearing steel-toed boots because that's what they feel safer um, there. And this was at a Dollar General, actually. Um, and But they brought up to me that they actually barefoot in the rest of their daily life. And so, like, you know, and so we were able to have a good conversation about it and, you know, and at first, so I really wasn't sure how to take it. I didn't know how they meant it. So, you know, and, and, so, I'm, and so I just, you know, calmly responded, well, actually, there are no laws or health codes. And um, and so, you know, sometimes when people say things, they're like, oh, that might not be safe. Or, oh, you got to be careful walking around here. Like, you know, I've had people in certain areas that, you know, be like, oh, well, you know, you got to be careful because, you know, you could step on, you know, needles and things like that or whatever, depending on if that is, you know, something that's common in that area. Um, but I also tell people I'm paying attention to where I'm walking. I'm paying attention to where I'm stepping. Um, the one place where I actually end up hurting myself the most is my own apartment. Why? Because it's the place that I'm actually paying the least attention to. I can't tell you how many times this week that I've tripped over and kicked my toes on something because when I'm at home, you know, that's when I'm safer and I'm not paying attention. But that's also when most people, you know, do barefoot is when they're actually at home. So, you know, I tell people I'm, I'm paying attention to where I'm walking. I'm paying attention to where I'm going too, because again, they're not trying to be hateful. They're not trying to cause harm. Um, they don't realize though how that can be perceived and come off and, um, and be received as a microaggression um, or as being dismissive or discriminatory because, you know, in their minds, they're thinking of safety. Um, so you can just remind people that, well, actually, like, this is safer for me. And, you know, that is true for even myself. My body is safer. I move safer as someone with autism and ADHD on a sensory and, like, nervous system, like, you know, regulation level. I feel safer being barefoot. Um, in, internally than I do wearing shoes. So I think it's really important to remember that although people may say things, you know, they probably are um, not real, always realizing 
where they're coming from. Because I'm, at least for me, I'm in a point where my experiences have been more so out of ignorance um, rather than actual, like, I'm trying to be hateful or, oh, you need to get out of here. Um, personally, I mean, but when I first started barefooting, I did have a lot of negative experiences. Um, but it's actually interesting because Audrey used to talk about this, and I feel like I'm actually seeing it more now. Now, I don't leave my house. Or, you know, that often, you know, as somebody that gets overstimulated in public, unless there's a specific reason, most times I'm probably somewhere outside. But at the same time, like Audrey say, you know, when you have more confidence and you've been doing it longer, people pick up on the fact that you're confident. People pick up on the fact that this is probably someone who's not going to be bullied. And, and I hate that because confidence is so hard to get. And it was so hard for me to have confidence. And sometimes I still struggle with confidence going into certain places barefooting because of, you know, just the subliminal behaviors that really aren't that subliminal if my socially cue inept um, self can read them. <laughs> you know, the just body language, the attitudes, the staring, the gawking, the whispering, you know, the comments, you know, um, it was really, you know, depending on the places, it can be really hard even still to have confidence. And in the past, especially when I first started doing it um, in public, it was really hard. But it's interesting, though, because I do agree to a, a, to a degree. I, I, you know, obviously, this isn't going to be exactly sensed on how it is. But it honestly, I have noticed that when I have more confidence around my barefooting, even if I'm going into the same places, I've been less likely to get people to say something because unfortunately people that are bullies, they are looking for people that, that they perceive as quote unquote weak. And it's really hard to keep that mask on, especially if you're someone, um, you know, who has anxiety that can also especially be a struggle. And, and I don't mean mask isn't just, you know, masking with ADHD and autism, but keeping on that strong mask of nothing is affecting me. I'm confident. I'm proud. Like you can't mess with me. You know, and that can be hard for sure um, to have. But unfortunately, I have noticed that when you do have more confidence, those bullies are more, you're, you're, they're less likely to be confrontational. You know, I feel like times when I've gone into a store more confident or a place more confident, you know, I are always the times where I will have nothing said to me, but it always seems like the times when I'm the most insecure, that's when you're really going to see it the most because bullies are looking for people to target. They may not even be targeting barefooters. They may be targeting just anybody that they look at as, oh, you're violating my social norms or my idea of what social norms are or the social norms I was raised into. You're someone I can now take out my frustrations and abuse. Oh, you're someone that, you know, and, and there, again, there are a lot of people who are bullies that do target people that are mentally ill, have even mentally handicapped, and will put that energy there because they're like, oh, you'll take it. You'll put up with it. So um, just stare people down, maybe. <laughs> like, I know that they're not like, and it doesn't even have it, like, I know that might sound like a little aggressive, but just look at them. Just make it clear, like, what do I say something just by staring at them? Just until they look away. Honestly, like, it, it, like, it, or it could just be, you know, just those days where you feel, you know, confident to be able to ignore them and hold your head up high. But even if you don't have that confidence, just being like, yeah, uh-huh, just staring at them. Sometimes I'll just make them look away, you know, 
like sometimes you got to fake it, you know, and, and, and sometimes that'll actually help you because, you know, sometimes, and, and, and I hate that. I hate that whole like fake it to me, make it kind of thing, especially somebody that's like masked, like literally most of my entire life. Um, I, yeah. I, and as somebody that just wishes that we didn't have to do these things, sometimes you really do just have to fake it till you make it. And, you know, you don't have to be confrontational necessarily, but just looking at people who are staring at you, you know, until they stare away, that can be a way of just being like, of showing confidence and um, the ability to confront, even if you don't feel like you have the ability. And that's going to be something that is more likely to get people to back off when they see, oh, this person's probably not going to be messed with. This person is not going to be bullied by me. But at the same time, eye contact, I get it. Totally a hard thing. If you've got anxiety, eye contact is hard for me me at times in a lot of different ways. Sometimes I've been told I stare too much, you know, I don't make, and then other times when I'm more emotional, I struggle the most with making eye contact. And I've had people make comments about that. Personally, for me though, when I'm staring people down in a defensive way as somebody with who fits the PDA profile, that is something that is easier for me to do than say making, um, but I've also was socially trained to make eye contact, you know, because it was something that pointed out a lot. So I understand that that's not something that some, everyone is going to be able to do either. Um, but it, confidence tends to be key. But also if you can just respond with, I'm not breaking any laws or health codes, like that, you know, is going to be a much stronger response than just getting into an argument about, well, I'm barefoot because I want to, you know, because that person be like, well, it doesn't matter what you want. You're breaking the law. But when you can just be like, there are no laws or health codes against barefoot in the United States in public spaces, and this is a public space, um, that's your argument. You've already found a way to shut down what they have to say. Um, and, I'm, and I don't want to like weaponize, you know, anything to shutting down people in a harmful way. But we do need to shut down bullies. We really do. Um, So just, but also if you're somebody that, you know, hasn't developed the confidence, hasn't developed um, just that way of dealing and coping, you know, find people that are, you know, that those people who are supportive in your life of your barefooting that will go out with you and preferably people that, you know, will help stand up for you, people that, you know, help you feel confident. Even if you don't feel confident on your own, finding those people that, like, in your life, your loved ones, that boost your confidence, that are willing to go to these places with you until you have, you know, the confidence to face this on your own, and that can also help you respond to these things, can be really helpful. You know, community is very important, but it's not just about having community as in people who barefoot themselves. But our but communities are so multifaceted and so complex, and there are people within our personal network communities as well as our you know the communities we live in that you know that is still an important connection to have, and you know those people can help empower us and give us confidence and help stand up for our, uh, for us when we are struggling to stand up for ourselves. Um, but if you have people in your life that aren't supporting of your barefooting. I, yeah, I would recommend trying to have a conversation on first, with it first, but also you're allowed to set boundaries. 
if this, if you try to explain to a person there are no laws or health codes against it, I feel safer, you know, it's helping me in this X, Y, Z, whatever ways, you know, and they're not getting it, set that boundary, separate yourself, you know, do whatever you have to do to protect your peace and to protect your right. Your right to barefoot, your right to body autonomy, your right to live as you choose to, especially when you are not breaking any laws or violating any health codes. Um, But remember, barefooting is an accommodation for many different medical conditions. You know, Audrey and I barefoot for ADHD. I also barefoot for autism. Um, And... um, there are also, you know, physical um, health issues that we both have to why we barefoot. You know, um, I'm barefoot for loose joints and, or hypermobile joints, um, osteoarthritis, scoliosis, um, fibromyalgia, like, and it helps, honestly, with so many other things in my health and body as well. Um, but, you know, there are, but, we actually got picked up by um, in, um, this other radio um, company. Oh, I think it was like over a year ago, but I, it might be closer to two. My brain right now, is, I want, don't want to give it to you guys wrong. Let me make sure I got it right. Hold on. Okay, I believe it is Mix 105 Internet Radio, but or Indie Radio. Sorry, my brain today. Yeah, I think it's Mix 105 Internet Radio, um, but we actually got picked up by them because one of their um, like coordinators. Um, and this is information that he um, shared when, you know, like we were first introducing the fact that we got picked up by them. And also um, this is something like, you know, he's already shared and is comfortable being shared. Um, but, uh, sorry, my brain. <laughs> but the reason why he wanted, um, you know, Mix 105 Internet Radio to pick up Barefoot is legal radio to replay our shows on Sundays um, was because he was struggling with panic attacks and anxiety attacks. And because of this, um, he actually had a therapist that recommended taking his shoes off during these times. And it actually helped him greatly. um, And he found it to be a way of coping and accommodating with um, anxiety issues. Um, and being able to help uh, ground and accommodate for himself when experiencing anxiety and or panic attacks. Um, and so this is something that was just an accommodation for a random person. And then, you know, at least to us, it was just a random person. You know, we didn't, we didn't know this person. They sounded this out through a therapist and then came across Barefoot is Legal and were like, we want to pick this up. Like I want to, you know, get the, uh, you know, the radio show 
company that like I work for to pick up barefoot is legal because this is something that has genuinely helped me. And um, so if you're somebody that, you know, is struggling with anxiety or panic attacks, you know, barefooting is something that may be an accommodation and a coping technique and skill for you. Um, I recommend trying it out. Um, It may not fix the issue, but, you know, if it helps, it helps, you know. Um, And so that is something that I'm just glad that you know, he had that therapist that recommended that and was able to, you know, have a mental health professional that, you know, was willing to um, think out of the box a little bit because, you know, barefooting isn't something that is commonly talked about in regards to anxiety um, or any other, like, or any type of anxiety disorders. Um, but it was something that helped him. And I, even for myself, when I experienced anxiety, being barefoot definitely helped. Um, my anxiety kind of rides off of my overstimulation a lot of the times. Um, but they also occur within their own bounds of existence, but they can definitely contribute and bounce off of each other. And barefooting helps with that. Um, Audrey has talked about how, you know, being barefoot helps with anxiety as well for her. And so I recommend trying it. It may not be one size fits all, but although I haven't found much research or information regarding the, you know, wide variety of neurodivergent conditions that exist um, other than, you know, anxiety disorders and ADHD and autism regarding barefooting, I anticipate that it would still potentially be an accommodation for many different people with different um, neurodivergent conditions as the electrical energy, you know, like we talked about at the beginning, um, we've talked about in the past, excessive electrical energy in the body has been, you know, connected to drastically increasing symptoms of um, different chronic diseases, illnesses, and conditions, as well as, um, sorry, where was I on that? Oh, as well as just, you know, contributing overall to negative detriment to human health. Um, So we have to think that our, our brains and our hearts are the two most electrical parts of our body. Um, there's so much, you know, information and stuff in, out there, especially when you get into neurology, you know, about the electrical activity in the brain. Um, there's different electrical testings that can be done with brain activity um, and have been done. So when you have to think about, you know, neurodivergency, there's going to be more electrical energy Literally, there's more electrical biochemical signals and disruptions within those signals and um, uh, and dysregulation that's going on. Um, Regardless of what that, you know, condition may be, especially if it is, you know, kind of that overlap of mental, emotional health. You also have to think, you know, like that's all our bodies feel our and experience and are aware of our emotions before our conscious brains are. 
And so they're getting signals throughout our central nervous system before we're consciously thinking about it. And with this influx of electrical activity that is occurring, you know, it's going to be especially crucial for you to be able to ground the excessive electrical energy present in your body um, to the earth than for people who are neurotypical or, you know, mentally stable even. Uh, like, um, cause, and, and so, you know, this can even vary, you know, depending on where you're at. I feel like for me, whenever I'm having anxiety over stimulation, um, even for me, I have, you know, like, you know, having um, premenstrual exacerbation issues, you know, when you're having um, this increase an influx of symptoms of any psychiatric condition during your um, menstruation time or um, if you're someone who menstruates um, or um, just in general going through a really hard time, a flare-up, a bad episode or episodes, you know, there's going to be, you know, the spike of electrical chemical energy compared to when you're not in these more intensive states and for me like I've found that when you know the these my issues regarding chronic pain and um, uh, my mental health are at their worst if I am not outside and not grounding to the earth it is going to be way more detrimental to me than on a day when I, when things are more smooth sailing for me. But also too, I've found that, you know, being grounded and connecting to the earth is one of the most key ways for me to be able to just sit down and like process and start to unravel and pull together into understanding all the different things floating around in my head that may be overstimulating or overwhelming me. Um, and, may, you know, being able to just ground and connect with the earth like helps me be able to um, process the mental load going on um, and or maybe even the emotional load or both um, occurring and so you know this isn't a simple magical you know like the snap of your fingers kind of fix um, but overall you know it has shown that through research over time the more grounded we are to the earth, the more that we're releasing this electrical, excessive electrical energy back in, you know, or, or you know, into the earth for it to, you know, neutralize we, um, through the earth's magnetism, but the earth also does have an electromagnetic field um, because of the interchanging of energy within astronomy and stuff, but I'm not going to get too much into that. Um, where was I? But although this isn't, you know, a one-size-fits-all and this isn't a simple fix, over time, like, I have, you know, seen more positive effects on my body, more positive effects on my mind. And, you know, there is research to show that, you know, the more long-term that this is done and carried out, the better the results. This isn't something that just, you know, magically heals everything overnight. But even in a lot of studies, even just, through one session of grounding or one uh, in like sleep studies, one night of grounding, the patient still, you know, woke up noticing a significant difference, you know, off the bat. But 
Uh, but again, as you're doing this more, you're going to start seeing more progress and more significant benefits. Um, but I also think it's important too that sometimes you just barefooting itself when we're talking about that electrical energy, you know, it isn't necessarily, you know, enough always. So I definitely recommend trying to find like some kind of natural surface, you know, outside or connect to the earth where you can really like ground to have the best effects of grounding. Um, because that's, you know, even for me, I definitely feel like when I'm out in nature or even just in the grass, like I'm feeling the benefits of barefooting so much stronger than, you know, when I'm not barefoot. But at the same time, there are so many different types of sensory issues and sensory issues can be really up and down. They can change depending on where you're at. You know, there's sometimes where walking on wet, cold, dewy grass in the morning is exactly what my feet need because it's like, oh, this is like relief to the inflammation. This is like a nice little, like not too cold, not as cold as an ice pack, but sometimes I have sensitivities with, you know, ice packs or things being too cold that it's like, oh, it's like a nice little ice pack. Well, other times I'm like, it'll make it stop, you know? And so sensory issues can be very complex. Um, For some people, they may not change as much as for others. And so if you cannot, you know, barefoot on certain surfaces because of your sensory issues, you know, there are other ways of being able to find, you know, the ability to ground. Like one thing I actually recommended to um, someone recently that was um, curious about it, and they were, um, this was like a a, a teenager that's um, my uh, partner. And we were at a family thing and I was just um, kind of talking about it and they were like, you know, kind of asking about it. And, you know, I just brought up, I was like, well, it's, you know, it's like the electrical energy, you know, stuff about, you know, how it's really important to just really release that excessive electrical energy for health, especially because of some of the issues that they also had, you know, like within their mental health and physical health. And I was explaining why I do it because there were some similarities there and how it could help, but they have sensory issues. So I was like, well, I was like, I, like, I, I feel like that, like my, the bottom of my feet, it's not as bad, but like my skin, like my skin will get really itchy. I'll break out sometimes. It, and sometimes it's not as bad. Other times it's really bad. It just depends. Um, just finding places um, where you can sit, you know, and just have clothes on where maybe we're like, well, obviously you should probably have clothes on <laughs> if you're outside, but <laughs> sorry, um, but where you're able to wear pants is what I meant to say. So that way, like you can sit down, but your legs are covered or, you know, if you're able to sit in a way where, you know, your um, bottom is touching the ground, but like your, your knees are up. And so it's just like your feet and your bottom, if it's like going to, if your feet are able to touch the ground, but like your legs, you know, it's going to be too much, even if you just sit like that. But again, maybe finding a time to barefoot when it's um, a time where you could wear like pants or wearing socks, because those, because those materials, they're not going to stop the flow of electrons um, to the earth. Now, depending on the synthetic, synthetic materials, maybe um but overall uh, i wouldn't really worry about that you know um if you if your skin can't touch the grass um, now if you have allergies that's obviously gonna make it a little bit harder but you know too um or even just putting down a blanket 
you know, that's not going to stop the flow of electrons from your body, especially if you're like sitting on the earth or your feet are touching the earth, or even if you put a blanket down and you're like laying, you know, like that electrical energy is still going to release through your body into the earth, through the blankets, through the material of your pants, through the socks on your feet, like whatever, like you, you know what I mean? Like there are ways that you can still ground in nature without, you know, necessarily having to have your skin touching. But I also understand that that may not be as, you know, accessible or possible for certain people, depending on different factors in your life and depending on your body. Um, But there are different products um, out there for grounding and earthing. Um, And if you go to the link tree on – so if you go to – so you can find the link tree as a link in the – on the Instagram, which is real barefoot is legal. Um, but you can also just uh, type in the link tree link. It's L I N K T R dot E E slash barefoot is legal. And that is B A R E F O O T I S L E G A L barefoot is legal. And you can, um, there in the link tree, we have, you know, like links to the show is where we keep them um, linked, but we also have a link to Barefoot is Legal. We've got different links on information regarding uh, grounding and barefooting, but um, there is a video tagged where someone did a 60 days review of an earthing product on YouTube. Um, as well as we have um, earthing.com, which is not sponsored by us, but is um, like ran by um, Clint Ober, Dr. Clint Ober, who um, has done a lot of the leading and, you know, ground breakthroughs on, you know, barefooting um, research and grounding studies. Um, and there are different earthing and grounding products that can be um, found there um, for people that are interested. Um, I don't think we actually do have the barefoot um, candle things listed um, either for, you know, so that way people can look into things. But I know Audrey has um, tried some, and I'll um, try to get those put up on the link tree as well. So that way if people are interested in different types of barefooting shoes um, or, like, yeah especially if they still have to wear some type of shoe in the situation, but they want something that's more natural and more freeing to their feet, something that just allows their feet to move more naturally. Um, But there are different grounding products out there at the same time. This may not be, um, not may not be accessible to everyone. I recognize either. Um, And that's the, you know, hard thing about different sensory issues and different disabilities is, you know, there can be a lot of these barriers um, to being able to, you know, have your needs met and have your accommodations met. Um, But I definitely recommend trying out barefooting. I definitely, if you haven't, um, and just see what your experience is, you know, if, maybe document and share your experience on social media if that's something that you're comfortable with. Um, If you want to find a group where you can, you know, share your barefooting, talk about your barefooting experiences, share your progress, talk about your progress, I definitely recommend going to the Barefoot is Legal 
Facebook uh, private group on Facebook. Um, but there's also a public BIL page on Facebook and um, go to as well. But I recommend, you know, going into the public or sorry, going to the, to the private group. If you're really looking for this sense of community, understanding people that you can talk about your issues with and maybe learn something new from um, rather than just, you know, here on the radio show, you know, wanting to hear from that more of, perspectives, but also being able to share and interact directly. You know, that's a great place to do that. Um, I'm going to run a quick ad break, even though we're um, near the end of the show, because I realized that I didn't run one at two or two thirty. Um, so I'm going to do that real quick and then we'll be back to wrap up the show. Freaks, outsiders, weirdos, the wallflowers, Oddball loser, fish out of water, speak up, talk quieter. We are different. There's no arguing. It's a fact. A patchwork of flaws, we grow and adapt. We're funky, unconventional, see life through kaleidoscope eyes. In a field full of clovers, with our four leaves, we bask in blue skies. Flaws are natural. Our imperfections, our weaknesses, our scars... There is a misfit in all of us. We just have to be brave enough to embrace who we are. Most people say they hate wearing shoes and would go barefoot if they knew they were allowed. People say it all the time on their social medias. But they are worried that someone will say something to them. So everyone wears the cheapest flip-flops with the least amount of fabric on them. Most people do not even know that it's completely 100% legal to go barefoot into a store. Most people think that driving barefoot is illegal, but it isn't. Driving barefoot actually is safer than wearing most shoes. Going outside barefoot for a walk is one of the healthiest things you could do, but most people are afraid someone will say something. Or they quote the myths and the rumors that their grandma told them years ago. The fact is, there are no laws against driving a car, going to a store, or eating in a restaurant barefoot. So don't give in to bad fashion, hurt heels, or a broken flip-flop. For more information, please check out barefootislegal.org or find us on your favorite social media. Hello everyone, I want to introduce you to our friends at Marty.com. At Marty, you can stock up on all your pantry items and other household items for way, way cheaper than traditional grocery stores. I like that most of the items are organic. Also, I really dig their one cent deal of the day. It changes every single day. I recently snagged a 10 ounce bag of dog treats for Chewbacca for a penny. Normally, they sell on their site for $7.99. With the upcoming food shortages, this is my favorite place to stock up on canned goods. If you live in the mountain or Pacific time zones, you need to get with Marty.com. M-A-R-T-I-E.com. Look for our link on our FreedomizerRadio.com website and get a $10 free just because I told you to go there. Marty.com. Great deals, good feels.
folks, we are back with Barefoot is Legal Radio. Barefoot is Legal is a 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to the rights and legalities of living the barefoot lifestyle, as well as health benefits, giving support, and providing general information and advocating for barefoot rights. Barefooting is something that is not illegal. Wait, wait. Yes, yes, sorry. I want to make sure it's misspeak. Yes, barefooting is not illegal. There are no laws or health codes against barefooting in public spaces. There are, there have never been any laws against barefooting in public. Unfortunately, a lot of people, when I bring it up, like, oh, well, there are actually no laws or health codes, you know, against barefooting. I've had, you know, in response to people working at stores, even if they're not hateful and, like, they're totally like, oh, that's cool, like, you know, they'll be like, well, wasn't it illegal, though, at one point? And no, it actually wasn't. Um, those no shoe, no shoes, no shirt, no service signs. You know, they, I don't know about the shirt part, but I definitely know that the no shoes part is illegal. And it was always discriminatory. And um, but it never was legal <laughs> for that discrimination to take place. Unfortunately, there are different forms of discrimination that were legal at different times. Um, But there have never been laws against it. Um, There are no laws against driving barefoot. Unfortunately, a lot of people think that, but it is actually safer. Um, And yes, you know, like, you know, when the ads mentioned, if you're listening, you know, flip-flops, you know, things like that, like they can be connected to um, so many different accents accidents and safety hazards because of flip-flops, different sandals, even high heel shoes or shoelaces um, that are loose getting caught on the pedals. And this is not to freak anybody out. Um, but for pe- but this is to remind people that think that barefooting, driving barefoot is dangerous for some reason, that it is actually statistically safer. Um, and yeah, <laughs> like it is actually statistically safer, but not even just because of this. If you are somebody that struggles with overstimulation um, and even anxiety and barefooting is something that helps accommodate for you, this is going to help you be able to drive safer and, you know, in more cognitive control as well as more, you know, control over your body. Um, So I think that, like, that's something that's really important. I had a lot of issues with overstimulation while driving um, to certain places, um, when I, like, even when I first started my barefooting journey, I, I was scared to, like, I would go out into public spaces, but I was scared to go to medical places, um, barefoot because I was worried about what people would think, um, especially going to like a psychiatrist's office. You know, I was worried because I was like, oh, they'll probably think that I'm crazy or, you know, or like they'll contribute it to some mental health symptom and, And although some people may do that, that was not the response I got from, you know, my psychiatrist or the office. Um, They didn't really say anything, um, but they, you know, someone who walked with a cane, they're just like, okay, like, you know, it wasn't something that really came up. I went to GI doctor, you know, a gastroenterologist. I'm sorry if I butchered that. Um, But, you know, I went to a GI doctor and she was like, hey, if that helps you, listen to your body. Like, you know, do what helps you. She was very supportive um, when, you know, she noticed my barefooting. um, And um, 
like, and I, and, you know, I did have one doctor that was a little, didn't say anything, but I could tell that they kind of had an attitude, but I had problems with that doctor for so many reasons that looking back, like that was literally like nowhere near a problem in terms of my problems, you know, with that um, care provider, or if you could even call it that, (laughs) you know, at times. Um, So sometimes like our own fears and the, fears other people project on us and that exceed mental illness, you know, or physical disabilities or barefooting in general, you know, those can be barriers to us. Um, But there are a lot more people that are a lot more accepting and open-minded and genuinely just don't really see a problem, don't see a reason to argue, don't see a reason for argument at all. You know, there's so many more people that are just like, oh, okay, I got it. Then you will realize um, at first, you know, I think once you become more comfortable and you start doing it, like I said, you know, the bullies are more likely to back off when they, you know, see that, oh, this person probably isn't going to be messed with. This person isn't a weak target. Unfortunately, that's hard. But when you do it more and you just allow yourself to be yourself and you just barefoot in public more, you'll also, in general, just see after a while that there are more people that are okay with it than you think. Um, and a lot of the but and, and it can be hard because a lot of the time, too, those negative comments, that's what's going to be sticking out in your mind. That's what you're going to remember. A lot of people who don't have a problem with something aren't going to speak out and cause a problem. So, you know, sometimes, too, shifting that perspective. Okay, that one person um, in the store, whether it was an employee or a just customer, you know, may have said something to you, but what about all the other people that just minded their own business? You know, you just have to kind of reframe that perspective of, yes, that one person said something in the, during this trip, but what about the other people that ignored it and mind their own business because they're like, yeah, whatever, I'm going to mind my own business like I should, you know, <laughs> like, so sometimes I have to refine, reframe my perspective, especially when you're going to those bigger stores, you know, even if you, or even if you get dirty looks from one person, like, or whatever, like your existence is not up for debate. It's not. And also you are not responsible for other people who are uncomfortable by you being barefoot for just being barefoot. You are not responsible for other people's emotions and ignorances and problematic ways of thinking. It's not your responsibility. Your responsibility is to take care of yourself and to hold yourself accountable, you know, and making sure that you are being a good person. And if barefooting is something that helps you be a good person because it helps with emotional regulation, overstimulation, and any other stressors in your life, then, and it also just helps take care of you in general, then you're doing the right thing. You're doing the right thing by listening to your own body, listening to your own health, taking care of yourself and taking care of your body. If barefooting is something that helps you take care of your body and or mind, and remember, your mind is still in your body, so therefore it is still a part of your body. Even if it's mental health, even if it's something that's not tangible that somebody can hold and or something that's salient that they can't just look at by looking at you, that it, it, it's okay. You know, that's, that's that's, you know, besides the point, like, you know, like it's their opinion, their perspective, like that's besides the point. The point of living is to take care of yourself. And it's some, if that is something, sorry, what am I, I probably misspoke there because I'm realizing that we got like two minutes left. I'm trying to rush y'all um, with what I'm saying. But what 
trying to say is if this is something that helps you, then you are doing the right thing. You are. And other people's opinions, frustrations, perspectives, ignorances, bullcrap, whatever, that is their problem. That is besides the point of your life and your purpose. That is their responsibility to deal with. That is their problem to deal with. Um, You know, but at the same time, stand up for yourself. Do not allow people to stand stand or walk all over you or or push you or you know what I mean? Like, don't let people, don't take their crap. That's what I'm trying to say. We, I just got the 90 second warning. So we will have to wrap up it. You know, don't take anybody's crap, stand up for yourself, but remember that their thoughts, feelings, their discomfort around barefooting, their stigmized worldview on barefooting. That is not your responsibility. Your responsibility is to take care of yourself and live your life the best way that you can and if barefooting helps you then it helps you and you're doing the right thing you know and I know I kind of kept repeating that I just really want to give that validation to people that may be experiencing you know anxiety or frustrations or struggling around their own identity with the reasons why they barefoot or their identity as a barefooter as a whole or any aspects of that that you are doing the right thing There are no laws or health codes against barefoot in the United States. There are no laws against driving barefoot in the United States. This is your right. And live it. Embrace it. You know, take advantage of the right that you have and do not allow other people to walk all over you. So this was Barefoot is Legal with Phoenix. Um, Barefoot is Legal, again, is 501c3 nonprofit organization dedicated to barefooting rights. Um, you can find us on Instagram at Real Barefoot is Legal, um, and there'll be a link tree there where you can find more links. Um, but I'd recommend going to barefootislegal.org for any other information. Take care, y'all. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs> 